Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> Welcome back all to Sorry for So the I Married a Cinephile. Huge delay in episodes. Yeah, well we had our uh, we had our anniversary. Yes. And then life got crazy busy. Just nuts yes. for about 10 days there. Yeah. And now we're now we're back. And we're back this week with our very first guest. We've never yes, had a guest we before. Have a guest in the studio. And today, I talked huh? about her last week and she's here. Oh uh, it's Lindsay Brooks. Hi. Say hi, Lindsay. Hi. Normally what we would do is that, you know, we talk about our week and say what's <laughs> going on and then we dig into the movie. <laughs> so let's talk about first Lindsay, I want to hear how you're doing, because I want to hear a little bit about you. Just like, give me your elevator pitch for existence. Like, what do you do? Who are you? What's oh, happening here? Uh, <clears throat> well, <laughs> I'm, uh, my pitch is that I'm fucking exhausted all the time. <laughs> I'm the most tired person that's ever lived. So we're not alone. Uh, so me, um, I guess I'm, I, right now I work in casting uh, and I'm actually in New York this week. I'm from California. But I'm in New York this week uh, to see a show that I cast, my first off-Broadway show. It's a great show. I'm super excited. You guys are coming to see it we with are me. Coming to see I'm very excited. Uh, it's mm-hmm. The Office, the musical parody. And uh, also opening, or not opening, starting rehearsals this week is another show I cast at the same time uh, with the same people as Friends, the musical yeah. parody. Yeah, I met these guys, uh, Bob and Tobley McSmith, who are incredible parody writers. They're like the rulers of parody right now. They do a very good job. And they have two projects kind of happening at the same time, and... I got to be a part of it. So yeah. that's why I'm here. That's and it's amazing. been very cool. So great. Yeah, yeah. And too, my mom mm. is super excited about Friends the Musical because when she was here visiting, she hates New York. She can't handle it. It's too much. Stresses her out. <laughs> she was here. When she was here, she was like, oh, Friends the Musical. We should go see that. And I was like, I don't know if we'll have time. We didn't get to see it. So when I told her that there was a Friends tour going out, she got very excited. And she's like, do you think they'll come to Portland? I was like, I don't know, Mom. We'll they're see. going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming to like my hometown. Yeah. So I will see them in California. They're going everywhere. It's bananas. Yeah. So so let me ask you then. So in terms of casting in both New York and California, like what led to that? Did you start casting in California and then started casting in New York? Yeah. So I started casting in California. Um, I work for a company called Right Angle Entertainment, and they kind of do all these uh, national tours and YouTube shows. And now they're into parody musicals. They've kind of found this niche market. Uh, They produced Baz the show in Vegas, the one at the oh, uh, Palazzo. Right. Yes, 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 yes. So they've kind of found their niche market. So I started working with them five years ago on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the musical. Oh, classic. It really... <laughs> Absolute It's actually classic. like... It's the stage version of the claymation Oh, that, okay. Show. So it's actually I mean, like... It really is yeah. incredible. No one wants Charlie in the box. Right. There's Great. Charlie in the box and the Nobody elephant. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. Hired. Are you equity? Oh. <laughs> It's non-union, sorry. I'm non-union. I'm SAG, but I'm non-union. SAG, but non-union. Interesting. Mm. Pocket that for later. Um, Yeah, so they put this Rudolph musical on stage, and a company that I work for in California, a theater company, became the general manager of the tour, and they 
let me cast the show. And then since then, the producers and people who own Right Angle have just said, oh, great. Here, you did a good job with that. Here's all these <laughs> Here's other things. Here's more responsibility. So That's it led great. to, yeah, like I cast a tour of Greater Tuna with um, oh, the writer yeah. and I cast game of thrones the musical with john and oh that's right yeah so they're now doing all these kind of niche market parody musicals and then Mm. i got connected with bob and tobley and here we are here we are you never know what's going to lead to what exactly it's yeah it's it's insane and anytime they say can you do this and i say oh yes i can yeah that's that's why i'm so tired all the time and then i watch nine seasons of the office in three week period are you serious is that what you did yeah wow i don't watch a lot of tv either (laughs) so i'd never that's not true i watch stuff that nobody watches okay give us an example Uh, I've seen every episode of Hannah Montana. Did you enjoy the concert? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I like those kind of like kids shows or I'll rewatch. Once I find something I like, I'll just rewatch. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So well, I that's never... the office for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd never seen. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. okay. What about like Parks and Rec? Yes. That okay. I've seen. And I've Great. Seen then we're going to get along Rock just fine. That's, that's right for a parody too. Yeah. yeah. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I've only seen a couple episodes of that. Mm. It's so good. It is good. But but yeah, I cast Game of Thrones, the musical, and then watched four episodes. Of Game of Thrones? cast it first. (laughs) And listen, I'm, turns out I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, I was just going to say, you must have got it spot on because that turned out pretty good. It turned out pretty well. But yeah, man, I got like four episodes into it and had to read ahead because it's too stressful. It is. For me, I don't do well with that. I'm the same way. I can't watch gore. I read Mm -mm. All of Game of Thrones, but I watched like maybe four or five episodes and I was like, I can't deal. This is too much. I'm the exact opposite. I've seen every episode. I haven't read any of the books. Right. But yeah, it's incredible. That's how I feel about horror genre in general is I can't. Mm. I was tricked into watching Hostel when I was in high school. Oh, God. They were like, it's like Euro Trip. And I said, oh, that sounds (laughs) fun. Euro Trip. And then Ashton Kutcher was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. It was (laughs) one of the worst times of my life. (laughs) Like Euro trip. Europe is officially the worst country on earth. <laughs> I've written those people off. Oh my god. How, we haven't spoken you. since. Right. We actually Jesus we're wept. we're doing a horror movie. Maybe it, I guess it should it's gonna be, be our next our one. Next yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Don't uh, do hostile. We'll, we'll, push we'll it announce out. it at the end. Yeah. But um, um yeah, okay. So you're here for that. So I'm here for that. Uh so for Office the Musical opening this evening. Or it opened yesterday. It did open yesterday. Right. But I'm busy. What about you, Ben? What did you do this week? What did I do? Did this you week? open a Broadway show? I did not open Off a Broadway, Broadway excuse show. Me. Um, working, uh, had some really good auditions and appointments this week. Uh, just getting back in that swing. Yeah, you had like, uh, what, two yeah, auditions and, last and one of them was kind of last minute. Yeah. So I was, I was just glad I was able to get into the office and be seen. And uh, work's going really well. I feel like I'm now getting... More and more familiar with this new operating system we have, that's and right. we're right in the middle of this rowing competition that's uh, sponsored by Concept Two, who makes the rowing machines that we use. Right. And so, wife and pup are happy and healthy. And one of which can be accounted for at this moment. The other <laughs> one's at home in a cage. But yep. enough about Megan. Usually, it's the <laughs> other way around. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't think I had anything. I had two auditions this week. I got. I went to one audition where they were typing, mm-hmm. which is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because it's like you show up. And they took 300 people, which there were 300 people at 9.05 a.m. had shown up. And this line stretched across the block. It did. It went all the way across the block and around halfway through, halfway to 7th. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it was 158 and they took in people by 15 and you stand in a line and they say, yes, no, 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 yes, no, no. Thank you. Oh my God. That's it. There it is. And then the people who are typed in, quote unquote, which usually ends up being between 50 to 100 people actually get to sing and audition and get potentially called back from there. So I got typed Mm. out, which I was Mm. like, ah, I'm not emotionally stable right now for typing (laughs) because it's like, it's my nose, isn't it? It's my nose that's keeping me from getting auditions (laughs) or I'll do some, I'll pick something out be like, it's that giant pore on my forehead that typed me out. No just means no. Which still sucks. It doesn't make it any better. It's just still, especially if it's something you want. Like, but you know, maintaining that perspective is just how we make it through because we don't really talk a whole lot about auditions as far as like our our careers are concerned because auditioning is what we do the most of. And I I personally don't believe in glorifying the auditioning process in the sense that it's our job and it's what we do the most of. But it's interesting to just hear glimpses of like what it's like to go out for stage productions yeah. and stuff like that. Cause I'm primarily, you know, film and television, but it's, uh, I feel like it's just kind of an interesting in for our listeners. I think our just to listeners out our listener, there. thank you for <laughs> listening <laughs> to our lives. Um, so, NPR. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to, to thoughts thoughts for your thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you get that cause you've watched Parks and Rec. Oh, it's all good. Um, how do we segue? What if we said that speaking can get us in there? Come on, figure it out. Man, speaking, speaking of, of typing out. Speaking, speaking of, of typing out. No. Speaking can, of maybe being wrong for the part you got. I don't uh, know. No, don't say that. Liza was oh, perfect I for this notes, role. Megan. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Speaking of uh, the difficulties of show business. Ha- there you go. Oh, good. We watched Cabaret. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. And in this case, Megan has seen the movie, and uh, Lindsay and I have not. So mm-hmm. here we are. And both Megan's have gonna... said that they have very <laughs> strong feelings about I'm this. I'm really excited. Um, so Cabaret, uh, which was directed by Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse, written by Joe Mastroff, who was uh, also, wait, oh, based on the, mus- on the musical play Cabaret. Mm. So it was originally a stage show first, and then it went to the screen, yep. starring, of course, the fabulous and wonderful Liza Minnelli, who I share a birthday with. <laughs> Uh, Never heard of her. I've aged much better. Um, <laughs> Michael York, uh, Helmut Gr- Grime, <laughs> Green. This is going well. Joel Gray, uh, Joel. Fitz Wepper, um, Maria Berenson, and lots of other people who look <laughs> German or Jewish. What's the plot? The plot is, I'm so glad you're here to rein me in, a female girly club entertainer in Weimar Republic era Berlin romances two men while the Nazi party rises to power around them. That is a terrible description. That is a terrible description. That is really bad. It's not wrong, though. I mean, it's not wrong. That's essentially what the movie was to me. Okay. Yeah. So so that's what it is. And um, again, you know, this was originally a stage show. It's actually been put on several times on Broadway since then. Yeah. Um, I actually looked up a little bit. There was one for um, Alan Cumming, who recently did the 2014 production with that. Emma Stone, and he was Master of Ceremonies. And mm-hmm. of course, he's actually done that role four times. Yeah, yeah. And that last one was the last one he did. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I have thoughts about casting for that as well as the casting for this and just mm-hmm. the time period that we're in now versus then. Yeah. So what I'm again, just going to kind of be moderator since I've seen this many times. This is probably why I haven't seen any movies because I watched this over and over. You just watched Cabaret. It was Cabaret and then Cats and then it just, you know, either either that or... We would not have been friends. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing we found each other later in life. When we did. (laughs) Because we were born in the same My mom was trying to discourage me from throwing a Cats the musical party. That's that's where I was at in middle school. Megan, nobody will come. No one will come. Stop painting your face on a Friday night. (laughs) Now, Megan. Go make friends. It's the dander. It's not the fur. So what did you guys think? No, Cabaret, I, I, first impressions. I, I want to know your history of the movie. Like, when was the first time you saw Cabaret and what effect did it have on you in so, regards to where you are right now as an actor? So I think I saw it originally, I want to say, in middle school and then either that or early high school, somewhere late middle school, early high school. Okay. And I remember loving it so much, mainly because like up until that point, most of the heroine like main characters that I had seen in musicals were thin blonde blue-eyed women something that I couldn't personally relate to Mm -hmm. and then cut to fucking Liza Minnelli on stage this brunette with sass and a nose for miles and I felt (laughs) like I finally belonged have you a cigarette darling I am desperate like that was a part that I saw myself in and then who she is as person in that show who Sally Bowles is was someone that I could relate to because I'm kind of clumsy I sort of say the wrong thing I'm a bit loud and brash compared to a lot of other people because <laughs> mm. I can't hear when I'm loud. Um, so yeah, I, I just related an awful lot to that character specifically. And I think that's why I loved it so much. There were certain angles at which she was being filmed mm-hmm. that I literally saw you. Yeah, I know. I literally saw you. Right. And I also saw and heard Judy Garland. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little, not jarring, but I was like, oh wow. Right. Like, now, now I get it. Now I yeah. get why Cabaret is so dear to your heart. Right. So. She's a little Judy, but <laughs> mostly Megan. A little Judy. <laughs> but mostly, hey. If we were going to do a percentage scale, yeah. that's where we're at. I don't like you. Lindsay, what did you think? I want to hear what you thought. So coming from a theater background, mm-hmm. I've seen Cabaret on stage multiple times. Right. And I'd never seen the movie. And I not you didn't it. like it great why but i think because they eliminated a lot of stuff from the stage show that mm. i think is so important they did. to the plot of the story i they there were a lot of weird changes yeah that didn't need to be changed and some mm. songs i know like from the stage version were moved to different parts of the plot point in the movie right it's like they weren't cut they were just moved to associate with something different that was going on which well, i thought was interesting and they did things like you know they changed the name of the main character yeah. from cliff to brian why i don't <laughs> who knows <laughs> Okay, so then, Ben, what did you think? In my case, I'm the exact opposite. I have a big theater background and theater training. I've never seen a stage version of Cabaret, ever. Heard a lot of the songs. I've never seen a stage production of Cabaret. Um, So the movie, for me, is the only thing I really have to go off of. And watching the movie made me want to see the show to see what was left in and what was taken out. Interesting. Did Kander and Eb do Chicago? Yes. Did they do Chicago? Okay, I could tell because 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say Cabaret maybe had similarities to Chicago in that the the plot would start unfolding, and then as if with any musical, the character would start singing about what they were feeling in the situation that was happening yes. in the moment. The movie did not really do that. The same the, as Chicago does? It was more like vignettes, because all of the songs oh, okay. in the movie happen inside of the cabaret. Right. And so Chicago, again, it I felt like Chicago just kind of happened in real time. It was almost like a cabaret staging of a musical, mm -hmm. which is how I got that candor and ebb feel. Um, which is interesting because if you see Chicago, the movie versus the stage show, I did yeah. not like the stage show of Chicago. Really? Because it's more like what uh, what we saw in Cabaret, the movie, where it's like stuff happens, break, song. Well, and I think that Cabaret, the movie, just movies in general tend to try and play to the realistic side sure. of things. And this, it felt almost too real and... the for lack of a better term, the stakes were very low, even though everything that was happening around everything them was, was like, imploding. Yeah. Um, Germany and, itself. Uh, because you haven't seen the stage show, there is a pivotal storyline missing. Lay it out. It? So there are two characters. There's um, Fräulein Schneider yeah. and Herr Scholz, who are this older couple. And Herr Scholz is uh, a Jew, and she's a German, and they fall in love, and they get married. They well, they get engaged, and then she chooses not to marry him because of him being a Jew. And there's this big like blow up at their engagement party, and there is you know Nazis throw bricks through his windows. Like wow. there's a whole other storyline that actually makes you care about the show. Like they're almost the most redeeming characters of the musical, and they're missing. <laughs> Interesting. So wait, was Fräulein Schneider not in the movie? No, there Who was, was the, the rich Jewish gal. No, I can't remember what her name was. I don't remember was. what her name was either. But she falls in love with a guy. Yeah, who... that doesn't exist. Oh, okay. I think Got that it. was a replacement for that plot point. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I feel like maybe the odd man out in that the movie is all I have to go off of. I, I feel the same way that Lindsay does in the sense that I didn't really care about these people. I cared about everything that was happening around them and like the social aspects of what was happening, I think. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I don't know if that's me being like more interested in history than this sort of uppity bohemian <laughs> woman who's like... Divine decadence. Playing both guys and I'm like, this, this is just... <laughs> they also downplay the, um, <clears throat> the underlying homosexuality. Oh my god. That was ben, a point of frustration for ben me got because really mad at Brian. that. Yeah. So they they changed I guess in, in Well, let's hang on. Let's go back and let's start at the start of the of the movie and okay. work our way through. Great. Okay. And to accompany us while we do this, our sirens in the background. Yes. Just like if we were dealing with having a normal conversation, but the Gestapo, I don't I'm trying to thread this in. It's just Your papers, so please. Um get a pasta bitter. Um so we <laughs> So we start out the movie, yeah, basically, it starts out with Master of Ceremonies, basically introducing everybody, and uh, girls come out, blah, 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 but then also at the same time, you've got, is it Brian? Brian. Brian. Brian showing up to <laughs> to a house being like, hey, I need a place to live, and I'll teach people English. That's, that's kind of how it is. He shows up someplace and decides to take up room and board, teach English lessons in order to pay his way. It's the plot of Moulin Rouge. Spectacular! Spectacular! 
Is it though? Essentially. Uh, yeah, sort of. Yes. There hit a point in the movie where I'm like, oh, this is Ewan he, McGregor. Yeah. And he falls in love with a woman he's not supposed to fall and in love with. And it feels staged so, the same kind yeah, of way. Yeah. So props to Baz Luhrmann for pillaging Ray. <laughs> so then, so, so that was actually one thing at the very beginning that I just couldn't get over. Like now that I'm, you know, I'm 33, mm-hmm. I've been in show business ever since I was 16. And just looking at the bodies that were on stage of the women that were cast yeah. versus what they would have cast now, yeah. none of those women would have made final cuts mm. because they were too heavy. They don't look like that. I did love. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I appreciated the fact that like they and too that the band was all women, mm-hmm. which I thought too might have been really interesting because <clears throat> maybe all of the men who would have been uh, musicians at that point are maybe off to battle. So yeah. that's kind of a Rosie the River type of situation. Yeah. Except. Well, and that's something they do now in the revival of the show. Oh, really? All the the band is women. Oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I loved that they were so diverse size-wise. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. It was great. There's no <clears throat> diversity. Right. <laughs> it's still all, it's still all white people. White German women. <laughs> but they weren't size twos right Right. which was really nice to see like i was looking at sally when she was dancing the um mine hair so when her her first song is mine hair i remember seeing her like just get into an angle and i was like look there's like a there's a roll there and stuff is shaking places and she's fucking fantastic like her dancing is spot on but if that body had walked into auditions, it would not have gotten through. No yeah. way. Which is yeah. really sad. Yeah. That's but kind of where we're at. So that happens, opens up. Sally says, Hey, you you can come on in. Come on, here's an egg with some Worcestershire sauce. Prairie oysters. And Michael York is like, Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Peppermint. Who is this woman? <laughs> so That's then, my Michael York impression. Then we're introduced to <laughs> Fritz, who is supposed to be the replacement for for uh, Schultz? Yes. So that's introduced there. We're going to turn Schultz into Fritz. <laughs> so then he's introduced and he's basically like okay. a poor redhead who is learning English and wants to be a gigolo. He just wants women for their money. And that's pretty much it. That's our setup. And then we just kind of go from there and shit happens. Love triangle. Some some random rich guy ends up coming to the cabaret, and because uh, Sally wants to be a big movie star, and she figures this guy can like bankroll her into something. And then there's this whole love triangle between Brian and Sally and Maximilian. Mm-hmm. And then like there's this whole uh, discovery of Brian's sexuality and like right. him trying to figure himself out in the midst of this whole so chaos one while thing, Germany is falling apart around them. Right. That's the thing too that I thought was interesting is that like while Germany is literally falling apart, you're seeing dead people in the street. You're yeah. seeing like shit is literally going down and it's just like cut back to the cabaret mm. where people are trying to forget their troubles and forget what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, it's just, I think that's actually pretty true to what's going on in our lives right now. Yeah. Yes. That is something I missed about Schneider not being in the movie is that in the musical, she is kind of the conscientious objector yeah. to everything. She is the one that says, oh, it's fine. Oh. Nothing's going to happen. We'll be fine. She doesn't do anything. I don't like to talk politics. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that kind of, we were missing that sort of character that, 
was like, eh, it's fine. I we'll feel be like, fine. There, like mm-hmm. I, I thought Maximilian had a line or something like that where he's he oh, sees yeah. he sees the Nazis like in, in the street of surrounding this dead body, and they're like, oh no, the Nazis are going to stamp out the communists, and we'll be able to control the Nazi party, so it's fine, right. mm-hmm. you know. And then there's that scene later on where we have springtime for Hitler boy singing tomorrow belongs to me. And Michael Newark's like, um, everyone here just stood up and started singing this song. So are you sure you can control this? And this is like the Republicans watching a Trump 2020 rally. Yeah. Like he goes around like an old time Bible thumping minister because he has to make himself feel good. At any rate. Where's our Brian? Where's our Brian? <laughs> Where's Brian? I'm a homo. God damn it, Where's Brian. Brian Obama. So that was <laughs> Brian <an> Obama. <laughs> so Brian, that was one thing I was curious what you guys thought of that character. Because I know that that character in particular in the movie is a little bit different than the stage show. There's similarities, but there's also some pretty drastic differences. Mm. So, Lindsay, what did you think about that portrayal, Michael York, doing that in this movie? Uh I don't usually like that character. Um, and in this one, I actually liked him a little bit more than I normally do. Why? Uh, I liked the scene where he did stand up to people in the street. Mm. Yeah. And basically got, got the, the shit, shit kicked out of yeah. him. <laughs> but he was like, right. hey, this isn't right. Stop Take, it. I'm taking your papers. I'm throwing them on the ground. Um, the fact that he was actively involved in being vocal against what was happening, right. I enjoyed uh, I also feel like he took a little less of Sally's shit in this version. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, in the stage show, he kind of gets walked all over by oh, her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's really? a, in the stage version. She's kind of a garbage person. She's a uh, massive cunt. I'm just going to say yeah. it. That's too bad. Like, and it's I mean, not until movie, at but... one point where I think he strikes her and she kind of gets a little bit shocked by that. Yeah. But even up until that point, like that him hitting her comes as a surprise because he does get walked over so She's much. She's massively self-serving. Yeah. And narcissistic. Yeah. And but in this version, he very much is, when it's run its course, he's like, okay, well, see ya. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's kind of how This clearly is not working because you, know? you like, killed my baby. I know it's a woman's choice, but you didn't, you just did you it didn't without ask. talking to me. Right. And yeah. And what did you think about that character? Because I know you had, every time that something happened with a sexual escapade, you went, Wait, like, what? What is happening? You know, um, I, I guess I just feel like they, they started so strong out of the gate, not outright saying, but I guess indicating that he was a gay man. Right. And everything that was said, like, oh, I've, I've been with three girls and it didn't go very well. I'm like, been oh, through been. the motions of three girls. To, oh, is that what he said? He said, I've gone through the motions of the sexual motions of three girls. intercourse with three women, all didn't of which were disasters. Well. Okay. Okay. And then, like, he and Sally end up, like, getting together. And I'm like, wait, what? And then it's revealed that he also had sex with Maximilian. I'm like, wait, what? Right. And so I'm like, oh, he's he's bisexual. And you were saying, yeah, he's he's trying to find himself and figure it out, which is a part of his journey, which is why he came to this place, maybe, which is maybe why he's attracted to this sort of bohemian lifestyle of, mm-hmm. oh, I can be whoever I want. At least maybe when I'm with Sally, I feel like I can be maybe a little bit more myself and not as you know, stiff upper lip and restrained and things like that. Right. So I thought he had a very interesting journey. Usually a character like that is, is again, maybe in the stage version, like you said, it sounds like he's walked all over and taken advantage of. So I appreciated the fact that he, again, like stood his ground against the Nazis in the streets mm-hmm. and that he spoke up for himself. And cause again, that's usually the character that's 
It's like it's like Marius and Les Mis. You know, mm-hmm. I'd much rather play Angeros oh, sure. than Marius because I'm like, no, Angeros is like Angeros is a badass. You he's know, got like some he balls to, on him. Yeah, he can exactly. do it. Yeah. You know, he goes He's down the blades of glory and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really liked uh, Michael York's character. So then the other question that I have, the plot of this is that he shows up in Germany. Shit's going down. Mm. What? Sex with a weird girl? Sex with a dude? What? Oh, my time's here. Done. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> like, that's pretty much if you look at the plot of Cabaret, that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. There's some ins and outs of like the Maximilian thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to take you to Africa. My wife and I have an understanding. You can just come. I'll spend a shit ton of money on you. And, and then Maximilian ends up paying them both like they're prostitutes. Right. Like he gives pretty them $150 much. cash each. Like, uh, well, 150 marks, which I don't know how much that is oh, yeah. nowadays. But oh, and then Let's and the then apparently <laughs> Steve, can we get the math? Yeah, on that? Steve. By the way. Get, what's the conversion rate from marks to US dollars? We have another person in the studio. We Lindsay's friend Steve. He's delightful. <laughs> He's just been <laughs> not listening his name. very quietly. It's not Steve. You no. told me your name and I forgot it's it. David. David is uh, the David. resident Jew in the room. And okay. Has a lot of opinions. There we go. He has to keep quiet. Uh, right. Man. Well, that's about right for this time period, yep. though. Yeah, right. um, Nine. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really feel like a musical to me. Maybe that's oh. maybe that's what I wasn't expecting. So it wasn't quite so great a showman for you. <laughs> so tell me, do you want to know? Um, <laughs> I'm just going to get pissed off if I, I know, I show. love it. Since all numbers happened in the cabaret, it felt a little bit detached from what was going on in the rest of the story. There's a lot of dialogue in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think there's a point after Mine Hair where there's not another musical number for like 40 minutes. And I'm like, part of me is like, is someone going to do like a song and dance or some shit? Like, I thought this right. was a musical. It's kind know? of more like a play with music. And yeah. if it were converted right. directly That's to stage exactly from what I was film. Thinking. In that when you're converting something from one medium to another, of course, there's going to be changes. And like you said, it feels like it's much more, I forget the words that you use, but maybe quiet or intimate. It felt very like close. And maybe that's just the nature of, you know, being on film is that everything's right here. But I feel like I just I missed maybe the 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 grand yeah. scope of a musical. And ma- and I think that's just what I was expecting. I missed the theatric. Yeah, the theatricality. The, of it yeah, all, maybe, you know, Uh but in this case, uh, P.T. Barnum was not trying to <laughs> dupe me into making me think he was a good man. And everyone paid for their drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, one thing that really stood out to me was the opening and closing shot, where you start with a mirror of the audience, and then you have Joel Gray, who, by the way, is the best part of the movie. He absolutely if I were to play, is. If I were to want to play any role, it would be a master of ceremonies. He's I feel like it would just incredible. be he's fucking I mean, amazing. he is a he's a performer is insane. Yeah. Like um yeah. and then you have the mirror shot at the end of the movie where the clientele in the audience has completely changed from the beginning to end. You see a lot more brown shirts and Nazi sashes and and that's one interesting social aspect I thought was interesting about the musical numbers in the cabaret because they progressively get more anti-Semitic. Yes. Sort of leading on to what's happening outside socially, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the, the numbers continually evolve into like, well, here we are. We're like a comment. We're a commentary of what's happening. And so come forget your troubles. But at the same time, you know, this is the time that we live in. And right. now we have 10 Nazis in the audience. The end of the movie feels like the beginning of something bigger, which, of course, is the rise of the Nazi party in World War II and all that. Right. So 
I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What That's about it. favorite number from the movie? <clears throat> I like the money number. I thought that was a lot of fun. That's a fun number. Money I always like the two ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the menage a trois song. Yes. I think it's so funny. <laughs> very well staged, like cleverly staged. And yeah. They had a lot of fun with, with them. But uh, I guess there were a lot of numbers that were in the stage version that were not in the movie, right? Oh, yes. There yeah. were. Like what? Ah, I missed the telephone number. Oh, I forgot about is there that a telephone one. Telephone song in this one? Yeah, they, oh, not in this so one. Yeah, I missed the telephone <laughs> number. Um, you know, the two characters that were cut have a whole song. Oh, Sally and and Cliff. There was a lot of things that that are numbers that don't happen in the cabaret that happen outside of the actual cabaret. Oh, were interesting. Cut. To make it like seem like a musical. Right. right, right, interesting. Which I think, you know, again, if they're converting it for a film, maybe that's why they did it, because they wanted to keep it very, very separate of like what happens in the cabaret stays in the cabaret. We're not right. going to worry about what's happening outside. But, so life outside of the cabaret has no song in it. Maybe that was the purpose. But what yeah, was happening outside sense. ended up bleeding in, you know? Uh, I, w- I do think like the um, gorilla number yes. is one of the most perfectly uncomfortable yeah. numbers every time even when I know what's coming I feel like uh, yeah it's painful yes. every it's time it yeah. does the job that it's supposed to do yeah. every and single just time just so if for people if they haven't seen this basically there's a number called what is it uh, if, I, if you could see her through my eyes <clears throat> and the master of ceremonies is singing this song and he's like you know if you could see through my eyes, you know, she's clever, she's sweet, she's wonderful and kind, she's, you know, she's got my heart, mm. blah, blah, blah. And he's dancing around with this giant gorilla. It's a person in a gorilla outfit that's wearing a dress. And then at the end, instead of it being about, you know, oh, I love a gorilla, he says, if you could see her through my eyes, she wouldn't look Jewish at all. Oh, this is awkward. And Which is jarring. Is so jarring. And I feel like that's I, I like you. I, I kind of knew where it was headed, but I'm like, oh, are they are they actually going to say this? But and sort of like how you commented at the beginning, you can't help but feel a lot of the current day politics and what's happening socially bleed into this. And that to me is the sign of a good story mm-hmm. in the sense that if it's told well, what's happening politically, socially, whatever is automatically going to be threaded in to whoever's watching it. You know, right. and I felt that. Very much so, because we're at a time where, and maybe this is because of what happened in Charlottesville, things like that, where we're actually seeing, we're actually seeing Nazis on TV. Oh yeah, and it's it's incredibly jarring and like you said, disconcerting, uncomfortable. But that's kind of the point. So okay, so we're we're getting close on time. So Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do though is that I know that there's one thing that we haven't hit on that I heard you guys both mention, which is Liza Minnelli. So, what I'm curious about, first I want to hear from Lindsay, because Ben, your face is, he's got very tightly pursed lips right now. I don't want to hurt your face. Okay, that's fine. We share a birthday. (laughs) She's not my sister, but she might as well be. Um, So, Lindsay, what did you think about Liza Minnelli with her performance in this movie? Uh, I actually didn't hate her. And you're surprised by that. I am because I don't like the character of Sally Bowles, Mm. and so I don't really like anyone that plays it. (laughs) Okay, so I'll never play that. No, role. I'll like you as a person. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, she just won't come and see the show. Right. <laughs> but I liked that she, I liked the way that she did it. Mm. I, I think she makes interesting choices. I like that she uh, is kind of quirky and, um, you know, every Sally Bowles I've seen looks like Emma Stone or looks mm. like some, I, I don't know. I think she's, I think she's interesting looking. I, I like her voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that she always felt in charge, even when she wasn't. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting point. 
And I always feel like Sally is portrayed as kind of this out of control, wild person. But mm-hmm. I like that there's, she felt very, regardless of how out of control she was, in control of her own situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually liked her very much. And see, I've only ever seen the, the movie and then I've seen one production of Cabaret and the person who played Sally Bowles was terrible. Just them on stage was very flat which was really sad to see which is too bad so like the only thing that I had to compare it to was you know Liza or <laughs> I don't want to say their name um, <laughs> anything else? No I, no. Okay. I want to what Ben has. I wanted someone less talented in that role. She thought you had class I thought you had class Interesting. When oh. you say less talented tell me, tell me Ben I did not want Judy Garland's daughter to play Sally Bowles I see Sally Bowles as this wannabe star actress, which is what she's, she wants to be a film star, correct? Like she's, she's doing the cabaret in a sense to try and get discovered. And I wanted her to be just a little bit less talented because it's Liza Minnelli. It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, because Lisa with an S goes snuds. Like she's song and dance, Judy Garland's daughter, like she's, she's amazing. Really? And she is amazing in this movie. I, I agree with everything that you said. So like the less talented girl from I Gypsy. To, essentially, I wanted to see someone who maybe thought that they were more talented than they actually were. Okay. Which would have made a really interesting sort of, I, I guess, maybe juxtaposition of like, oh, this girl believes that she is like on this level when she's actually... Maybe kind of down here, but she still has that like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be somebody. And I don't know. I, I think I wanted a little less, something a little less fine tuned. So like her personality musically. is stronger than her talent. That's exactly it. Got because it. her personality in the movie, I feel like is dead on. Like she's flighty and again, very self-serving, but like also like quirky. And I feel like she has a, a, a good heart. And I appreciated a little bit of the backstory with her dad and like yeah, that was interesting. That was like a big tell of her like trying to. Which I can't remember. Is that in the stage Is show? That in her... okay. She's shaking her head. No, I, <laughs> no, it's not. It gave a lot of like motivation for me, I guess. Like especially with her relationship with men and everything like that. Like and and her need to prove herself, I suppose. Mm. But I wanted just a little bit less of an amazingly talented musical theater actress right, which in the she role. Is, yeah. You know? Um, and I just, I couldn't help but thinking like who else could have played Sally in this movie, mm. you know? I think what I liked about her in it though, is because she's so talented. Yeah. Uh, she was sort of that big fish in that tiny sure, pond, but sure. was in her own way. She was talented right. and couldn't be more oh, successful than that because, because she's, she's so busy fucking everything up. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Oh I can gosh, see that guys. too. There's yeah. so many levels to this. Yeah different interpretations here we go um but again all i really have from liza is her as lucille ostero and arrested development so it was really cool to see her not have motion sickness touch of the dizzies but also like just knock just knock it out of the park like i i didn't really realize how how talented she was as a musical theater actress i'd seen like probably clips of stuff along the way i'm like oh it's liza manella it's judy garden's daughter of course she can do this but she's like legitimately talented and so good and so beautiful and so like she i feel like she just got sally what were your final thoughts for the movie Lindsay, you first i think that i would like to try and watch it again uh i think the first time through i was so kind of put off about how different it was from the Mm. stage musical but if I watch it again, I want to 
take a look at it as its own separate as a different entity. Thing. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll enjoy it more. But I would, uh, I mean, I would honestly recommend it to anybody who's have you feeling ever... hashtag resist. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever cast this show before? I have not. Okay. Not. Mm. Yet. Did your little caster brain, like casting it, director brain, turn on a little bit? Does. It always <laughs> does. Right, does. you like, can't. Yeah, let's cast a revival. <laughs> right. Okay. What about you, babe? Um, I wouldn't not recommend it to people. It's just it's not what I expected. I think I was expecting a more conventional musical, mm. and I guess that's what it has been in the past, as far as like the stage interpretations and everything. Again, I think just in my brain, and maybe just coming off of the masterpiece of greatest showman i was expecting um a like a a, a big world um, a musical set in in the fall of germany's state and the rise of the third reich um wasn't what i expected in both good and bad ways so got it yeah okay i liked it all right shall we do trivia yes yeah, let's do trivia. trivia and cue the trivia music So the song Tomorrow Belongs to Me, which is the German Nazi youth anthem, apparently, yes. uh, was written by Kander and Ebb, but people confused it so much with Germany's own national anthem that they started getting all this anti-Semitic hate mail. What? And they're like, um, we're Jewish, so <laughs> we would never do that. So they got a lot of hate mail for that song. Which is actually pretty jarring. That's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie because you see like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And like and all the kids singing and then the yeah. one older man There's that's the older not man singing. Who's sitting there like, what yeah. has my country become? That kind of right. thing. So um, yeah, they just people just thought they were um, being very anti-Semitic with that song and they're like, this is no, for a, this is this for a movie. movie. Yeah. And I think Sorry. in the movie, I don't remember which one it was, but it was either candor or ebb mm -hmm. singing it oh really yeah really oh, wow. i think i don't think it was the boy because don't like the voice give me <laughs> any emails we'll on look, that yeah we'll look that up because we're gonna get an email on that <laughs> from um, candor from candor or ebb i don't know if they're still alive <laughs> um the song maybe this time was not actually originally written for cabaret it uh, wasn't. It was actually a song that Liza had performed a few years earlier, and she talked Bub Fosse into putting it in the movie. That, to me, was a little bit of a turnoff because it felt just a little a little bit more like, oh, this is a vehicle for Liza Minnelli. And she was like, oh, I, uh, I want to put this song in the movie. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, Liza Minnelli is quoted saying, you could tell that she was the star of the cabaret because she was the only performer with shaved armpits. I'm now I'm thinking. <laughs> He's nodding his head. Really? Was he really? I was like, yep, 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 yep. Uh, oh, I didn't realize the star got I get, yeah. razor access yeah, or you know. perks. Just the armpits, though. I'm throwing my brows so hard right now. <laughs> I think my eyes can't roll further. Uh, <laughs> I would be dead if they could roll back any further. Um, oh, the uh, so the the movie was actually shot on sound stages in Munich. Uh, oh, there was a very popular children's movie that just got done shooting at the same soundstage. What movie was it? Um, what is that? Your one of the characters is Augustus Gloop. Oh, it's Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka shot in Munich. Same, yeah, same film set that that uh, Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. Was Wait, shot on. hold on. <laughs> Shut the door. Wait a second. Wait. So Willy Wonka was filmed in Germany? Yeah, it's filmed in Munich. 
What? Which makes sense, I think. Once you watch what? it, you're like, oh, yeah, I can when they're tell running this through the streets. Yeah. 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 I believe it. When was the last time you saw Willy Wonka? On the it's show? been a while. It's not exactly <laughs> on my priority list, movie? guys. It's been like four years since I've seen Willy Wonka. We got to put it on. I need to stay fresh <laughs> on that shit. Got to stay on top. Yeah. No. Um, in 2003, it was of course selected uh, for preservation to put in preservation at the at the Smithsonian for being historically important. Um, and it was. I feel like it's it's one of those movies that has a lot of really important social messages and be like history let's maybe learn from it so it's mm -hmm. it's in is it the library of congress that it goes into i don't want to anyway it's a movie that's preserved and will live on for future generations joel gray shares a designation for this movie he won both the tony award and an academy award for playing the same role really yeah. oh. so he won an oscar for playing master of ceremonies but he also won the tony award two years earlier for, for the, the same, same role. Part. Look at him. Yeah. So he originated he it. <clears throat> Halfway so, to an E dot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty exclusive club. So I'm wondering if you can think of any other actors who have shared Ooh. that designation. So and and it doesn't have to necessarily be for the same role, but in the same year, they won both a Tony and an Oscar. Oh, I believe mm -hmm. that's Lin Manuel Miranda. Right? Didn't he get a Moana one? And a, I think he did. And I don't know if it's on the updated Hamilton? list. I thought the most updated version was Viola Davis for oh, Fences. Clean. But I think Lin-Manuel got both in the same year. You guys Maybe technically they're a year apart. Can you think of any? No. Moses. There's there's my clue. Ten Commandments. Have you seen Ten Commandments? No. Okay. What the hell? I went to what Bible school. I don't have to see I went see to Bible it. school as well. How did you miss the Ten Commandments? I'm the girl that watches Jesus Christ Superstar on Passover. <laughs> <laughs> don't they allude to like Jesus actually does sleep with Mary Magdalene? Don't they allude to that in the show? I don't think so. No. no not really. Not? No. Because he's gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's hung like this. He's, oh uh, my God. Sorry. So other actors that uh, share the same designation, Rex Harrison for My Fair Lady, oh. both in the film and on stage. She makes me mad. Paul Schofield for A Man From All Seasons. A uh, Man For All Seasons, excuse me. And the Ten Commandments hint was Yul Brynner. Uh, he played Oh, Ram he and played, the King and I. He played Ramses in Ten Commandments, same year he did uh, King and I as the King of Siam. So, gotcha. Oh, there you go. He's a national treasure. And that's trivia. He's a treasure. I fucking love Yul Brynner. Yes. Rest him. Rest him. Cool. And that's it. So I think that's everything. Awesome. Great. Yeah. So there's Cabaret, guys. That's Cabaret. And thank you so much to Lindsay for coming over Thanks and for sitting in. Did you have fun? I did. I hope I did it right. <laughs> I knew did it right. This no sort wrong. of thing. You totally did it right. Stressful. Like, that was no. a choice. That's <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to listen to it and it's like I'm completely edited out. No. <laughs> Uh, so, so for next week, are we going to be doing our horror selection? Right. Now? So this is one of Ben's favorite novels and favorite movies mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Is it? I heard Georgie by Stephen King. No. Do you no. want to balloon too, Georgie? You don't want to sit down. Absolutely on that. not. <laughs> because Ben loves this movie, he has read the book. God knows how many times yeah, he listens to it on, uh, you know audio all the time. Steven Weber narrates the audiobook and it is amazing. And so then I got into it. I haven't watched the original one, which was the mini series with Tim Curry. With Tim Curry mm -hmm. Which I'm like Tim Curry, like right up there with uh Joel Gray, in my yeah. opinion. Very the original Frankenfurter. Sure oh. like, yeah. Oh, he's... Plays the Grand Wizard and the Worst Witch. <laughs> have you seen that? Is that a Disney movie? I have not oh, seen no. that. Oh no. 
Well, <laughs> you see the worst witch and I'll see Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> that is a deal. Trade, that is a deal. I feel like I'm losing on that trade. No, I don't think you are. So we are going to watch both the 1990 miniseries and the 2017 version of It by Stephen King. And we're going to do a side-by-side comparison. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be the same length of the podcast, but we're just going to compare how the miniseries matches up with the movie, the differences, what has changed in 30 years of... Yeah, film and television. I, you know, I don't like horror movies. I don't like scary movies. But but I loved it. I loved it. Hmm. I loved it. It. (laughs) I loved it. It. So, (laughs) so that's it. Thank you to Anchor FM for hosting us again in their podcast lab. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys. You can like, subscribe to us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um. So remember that you can go to our website, um, which is Anchor dot com backslash so I very married a cinephile mm-hmm. and then you have the option to donate a monthly subscription which Whatever is you like. very nice um, uh, but yeah you can find us wherever you download your podcasts be it Apple Podcasts Google Play Anchor, Spotify Anchor all um, of that and then big thank you to Lindsay for yeah, coming in thank you so much for joining thank us you guys. we it's loved having fun. you cue audience clapping here it's like you're like <laughs> Never mind. I can't even. Is that when I cued Holiday Road for? Yes, that's like when you cued <laughs> Holiday Road for last time. <laughs> I that really made loved me that. Furious. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Man, we will be back. all over my editing. We will be back uh, here in uh, a couple of weeks. Couple to, weeks. Uh, lay down it by Stephen King. Should be fun. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Lindsay. Bye. Bye.